Hello, I'm Matt, and this is Ghostthropology. The show will feature ghost folklore, which includes both well-known stories and small personal encounters, all ultimately unverifiable, but all presented by people as true. I will tell you the story, after which I will discuss the elements of the story that I think are particularly interesting. While I don't know when, where, or how you were listening to this, I hope it's dark outside, as that is the best time for ghost stories. Episode 19 White Rock Lake, Texas Sit back and buckle up for an interesting variation on the vanishing hitchhiker story from the Lone Star State. Drivers on the roads around White Rock Lake near Dallas, Texas, may encounter a young woman soaked to the bone and wearing what appears to be a white evening gown from the 1920s. If the driver decides to be a good Samaritan and stops to offer help, the young woman will ask to be driven to an address on Gaston Avenue in Dallas. In some versions of the story, the young woman explains that there has been an accident and her car has fallen into the lake, while in others she is barely verbal due to a stupefying state of shock. In one version, upon arriving at her destination, the driver will discover that the young woman has vanished, but that there is water covering the seat where she had been sitting. In other versions of the story, the woman will specify that the house to which she has been asked to be driven belongs to her father. On arrival, the driver will observe that the young woman has fallen asleep, and will go to the house to knock on the door. The door is then opened by an elderly man who is angered when the stranger claims to be bringing the elderly fellow's daughter home. You see, she had died years earlier when her car plunged into the lake, and he doesn't appreciate these sorts of jokes. It is at this point that the driver returns to the car to find that the woman is gone and the seat is wet. But wait, the story isn't done. This young woman does not simply hitchhike. Residents of the fairly wealthy area surrounding White Rock Lake have reported hearing someone knocking at their door late at night. When they go to the door, if they're lucky, they find nobody there in a puddle of water on the porch. The unlucky ones open the door to see a young woman, clad in white and soaked to the bone, standing in their doorway. She says nothing, and suddenly fades away, leaving behind only a puddle of water. Naturally, some have spotted the spirit not only along the roads or at houses, but at or on the lake itself. She is often reported standing on the docks, dripping water onto the boards. Some have claimed to see her rise out of the water and come out to rest upon the docks. One woman reported that, as a child, she had been at the lake with her father and had seen a white mist moving along the top of the lake towards her. As it came closer, she realized that the mist formed the shape of a woman. Frightened, she urged her father to leave, which they did. Years later, she learned the story of the Lady of the Lake. There are two other variations on this story, and they are much, much creepier and bear no resemblance to the hitchhiking ghost story outside of the presence of a young woman in an evening gown. In one version, people boating on the lake or hanging out at the docks at night report seeing a body floating face down, carried, seemingly by currents, though we know better, towards the observers. It appears to be the body of a drowned young woman in a fancy evening gown. As the body comes close to the observers, it turns itself over, and those present can see that its skin is bright white as if drained of blood, and then the eyes spring open, and the body emits a ghastly, disturbing shriek. 
Allegedly, those present always run away at this point, because, let's face it, so would you and I. The other variation holds that people who go out onto the lake at night, especially young people who are not supposed to be there, run the risk of being captured by the woman in white. She will rise to the surface, dressed in white, and looking like a decomposing corpse rather than a beautiful young woman. She will grab whoever she can and drag them down into the lake with her, drowning them. The identity of the woman is not known, nor is why she is trying to reach the house on Gaston Avenue, although, in one version, she is trying to get back to her father. There are those who say that this woman died in a car crash. Others claim she was murdered. Some say it was a suicide. And a number of real-life deaths have been offered as the origin. But all agree that her body ended up in the lake, and some claim that she still resides there to this day as either a floating corpse or a predatory spirit. So beware the lake at night. Commentary White Rock Lake is a reservoir created by the damming of waterways, primarily White Rock Creek, that once flowed through the tree-lined valley east of Dallas. In the 1830s and 1840s, the land was a series of farms owned primarily by the Daniels and Cox families, though other families also settled into the valley and formed a small community or set of communities, complete with a local cemetery. The cemetery, by the way, still exists and is all that remains of the old settlement. The construction of White Rock Lake began circa 1910 in response to a water shortage in Dallas, and the creation of the dam resulted in the flooding of homesteads. After the reservoir was complete, the area became a popular recreation spot, with additional amenities being constructed in 1930 to support this use. The lake is shallow, with a maximum depth of 18 feet. As someone who has done a lot of historic documentation of early 20th century reservoirs, I can tell you, that ain't deep. There really are a few separate ghost stories here, and whether or not they have the same origin is unclear. The first is a standard vanishing hitchhiker story, but with the ghost leaving behind water rather than a jacket or a sweater, which, either way, is really just damn rude on the ghost's part. The other variation, wherein the ghost appears at people's door or at the lake itself, range from eerie and strange to outright sinister and disturbing. Let's start with the hitchhiker story. This is, by and large, a fairly standard vanishing hitchhiker story. It fits in well with the examples that folklorist Jan Harold Brunvard presents in his book The Vanishing Hitchhiker. Another folklorist, Ernest W. Bauman, specifically identifies vanishing hitchhiker stories in which the hitchhiker leaves behind a puddle of water, often with some object in it, as distinct enough that he even gives it a classification number within his system of folklore classification. Its number is E332.3.3.1C for the curious. Brunvard notes that the vanishing hitchhiker stories appear across the country in the notes of folklore collectors hired by the federal government in the 1930s, suggesting that they were circulating around the United States much earlier. Indeed, one version noted by Brunvard involves a horse-drawn buggy rather than a car and dates to the 1870s, while a Russian version dates back to the 1890s. Brunvard also notes that, in the 1950s, a version from Korea was published by Harua Aoki, who claimed to have heard it in 1954. Brunvard holds that this is evidence of folklore crossover predating World War II, and he may be correct, though the mode of the folklore may have come through Russia, which occupied part of Korea during the Russo-Japanese War of 1904-1905. Checking the Wikipedia page on vanishing hitchhiker urban legends yields stories from the UK, Switzerland, and Nigeria. While the White Rock Lake story seems to be a standard-issue campfire spooky tale, 
Other variations reported by folklorists have the ghost prophesying doom. The post-World War II versions, for example, sometimes place the story in the 1930s and claim that the ghost warned the driver about World War II. Other versions have the discovery that the spirit was a local divinity, either a local god or an ancestral spirit, or, in predominantly Catholic countries, a saint, or some other sort of paranormal entity altogether. Software engineer and amateur writer Bernd Weckner has argued that a story from the New Testament in which the Apostle Philip is teleported by an angel to Ethiopia, where Philip rides with the eunuch and baptizes him, with Philip being teleported away immediately after the baptism for God's business in Ashdod, parallels the vanishing hitchhiker story, though telling it from the hitchhiker's point of view. Some analyses run with Weckner's idea and claim that it proves the story to be thousands of years old. I am somewhat more skeptical of the direct link between the story of Philip and the vanishing hitchhiker, but I'm also not convinced that Weckner is necessarily wrong. Now, I know that this seems like a really deep dive for a story that is, I think, one of the least interesting elements of the White Rock Lake tales, but I bring it up to show that the vanishing hitchhiker as a folklore motif is at least 150 years old, possibly much older, and in the cases where it contains elements of prophecy or divination, it can take on other elements of folklore or, perhaps, be overlain onto other folkloric motifs. And I think that's good to consider as we get into some of the other aspects of this particular ghost story. I think it's worth noting that the facilities to support recreation were constructed in the 1930s, when people began to heavily use the reservoir for that reason. It's interesting that many of the stories of the White Rock Lake hitchhiker indicate that she's dressed in clothes that would have been fashionable in the 1920s, old enough to be noticeable in the 1930s as old, but recent enough to not be too out of place. A brief article in Reader's Digest says that the ghost was first reported in 1964, but the sourcing of that is uncertain, and other sources I have found indicate that accounts appear in print as early as the 1940s and 1950s. Given that the Vanishing Hitchhiker story was in wide circulation throughout the U.S. by the 1930s, and recreational use of White Rock Lake appears to have become prominent in the 1930s, I'm inclined to suspect that this story probably also dates to the 1930s. So what about some other versions of the story? Well, the ghost appearing at the doors of the houses is pretty creepy, but it does seem like a natural expansion of the hitchhiker story. Rather than thumbing down a passing driver to ask for a ride, she goes directly to a home to ask for help, only to vanish as the residents get a chance to see her. There are stories of spirits knocking on doors as harbingers of ill fortune and even death, but none of the accounts that I have read suggested that the households who received this particular visitor suffered from her showing up. I have a suspicion that this version of the story became popular as the expansion of Dallas resulted in a larger number of houses near the reservoir, a way for those who wouldn't or couldn't drive to look for the hitchhiking ghost to still join in the fun. This particular version of the tale brought to mind a story I read recently in the trashy British tabloid The Mirror about a doorbell camera capturing a ghost on video. While the video that The Mirror alluded to was unimpressive, it did leave me hoping that I might, someday, hear about a doorbell or security camera capturing footage of the Lady of White Rock Lake. Oh, and if you ever feel like I'm getting too highfalutin with the academic research materials I cite, remember, as the ghostthropologist, I also end up reading sleazy tabloids. I'm not ashamed. The Lady of the Lake appearing to hover above the water or rising up out of the water isn't something that I've seen in very many written accounts of this particular story, but it is something that I've heard in other stories involving water ghosts. For example, some of the tellings that I've heard of the Lady of Stowe Lake in San Francisco have her rising up out of the water and or hovering above it, though I've not seen this version in print either. 
Similarly, one of the creepier stories that I've heard from Lex Wall's delightful podcast, Anything Ghost, concerns a man sleeping on either a dock or a boat on a lake and hearing the sound of a crying baby coming up out of the depths. There may be something to this from a folklore standpoint. Water is often associated with the afterlife, and there are many stories that hold that supernatural creatures are impeded by waterways. But, honestly, for this story I don't know that you need much more than that water is said to be the place where the people who would become the spirits lost their lives. At least in some tellings. And this is essentially akin to them rising from their graves. The story of the Lady in White being a corpse who grabs and pulls people under the water is reminiscent of folkloric creatures like Jenny Greenteeth from the British Isles, or the Storm Hag from Lake Erie, which was also probably derived from Jenny Greenteeth, and many versions of La Llorona. In these cases, the story seems to have served a social function of keeping children away from water where they may drown, especially in areas where there may be flash flooding or sudden increases in water level, such as much of the American Southwest or in reservoir environments or where subsurface objects such as fallen trees or other objects might grab a hold of clothing and keep you under. For all that we enjoy being in it, water is a hostile environment to humans, and reservoirs are typically silty with low visibility where you don't always know what may be in the water with you. The idea of something in the water grabbing you and dragging you down just kind of feels right in a creepy kind of way. Now, that said, the only source that I found for this particular version of the story is a video by Snagged, and they say that the poem that is the narrative of their video is inspired by the story of the Lady of White Rock Lake. So I don't know if it is primarily their own creation, or if they have found versions of the White Rock Lake story that involve the lady grabbing and drowning people. But either way, this does seem to fit in with supernatural stories surrounding bodies of water. The story of the floating corpse is one that I had found while researching White Rock Lake years ago. The website on which I found it appears to have gone down, so I have notes about it, but no reference to it. This is an element of the story that I find particularly freaky. It is very similar in some ways to the ghost of the screaming woman of Highway 152 that I covered in Episode 7 of this podcast. In that story, drivers on a road would see the spirit of a murdered woman appear in the seat next to them, scream, and then vanish. While this version is more grisly, with a spirit taking the form of a waterlogged corpse, it is similar in that the ghost screams, but does nothing more. It is essentially harmless, but still freaky as hell. One of the questions that I want to ask here is which of the story elements is the oldest? It is tempting to say that it is the vanishing hitchhiker, as that is such a widespread story and one with some antiquity. And if I were to have to wager, I would guess that it is the oldest version of the story of the Lady of the Lake. That said, the elements that bear a resemblance to La Llorona or Jenny Greenteeth may be quite old as well though I suspect that they date to after the damming of the waterway and the formation of the lake. However, it is entirely possible that they might have been present at the pre-reservoir waterways. An article in the Lakewood East Dallas Advocate argues that there are so many versions of the White Rock Lady because there is more than one ghost. Each of the communities located in the valley that would become White Rock Lake had its own varied ghosts, and the White Lady that you encounter might be one of many. While the article presents a lot of sensationalism and leaves me feeling more entertained than enlightened, there might, in a folkloric sense, be something to this explanation. If these homesteads or communities did each have their own ghost story, including variations on common stories, then it is entirely plausible that these local stories survived and became associated with White Rock Lake as a whole. That, plus the passage of time and a lot of influences from outside stories, horror novels, and films 
would account for the variations. That said, to really make a determination regarding the origins and evolution of the story would require time, research in local archives, and field work. While it is outside the scope of what I do for this podcast, an enterprising folklore or anthropology graduate student could probably write an excellent MA thesis or doctoral dissertation on the subject. An interesting point that I've come across in researching this and a few other stories is the ubiquity of female ghosts associated with water. This isn't something that I'd given much thought to until I came across an article on the website Fayena Aleph by an author who goes by the name of Lucia, which pointed this out. Looking through the Fayena Aleph website, it became pretty clear that, while it is quite interesting, it is more of a vaguely New Age inspiration blog than a research source. But that doesn't change the fact that I think the author of this article was onto something. From White Rock Lake to Okiko's Well in Japan, the folktale that helped inspire the Ring movies, to The Bride's Pool in Hong Kong, to Stowe Lake in San Francisco, to Ginny Greenteeth in the British Isles, to the common La Llorona stories throughout Latin America and the United States, etc., etc., most of the ghosts associated with water that I can think of, excepting ghost ships, are female. I'm sure that there are many who will say that this is about the waters of the womb or some such thing, though the association with motherhood, while not completely lacking, both the La Llorona and the Lady of Stowe Lake are said to be looking for their dead children, for example, it seems to be absent at least as often as it is present, and similar stories about ghostly women searching for children are common away from bodies of water. I have seen people claim that female ghosts associated with water are related to earlier traditions of female death divinities and the connection that some cultures make between water sources and the underworld. But, again, I can buy this for some specific cases, but I'm not sure that I buy it for all water-bound female ghosts as a rule. I'm not sure that there is something to this, some deeper symbolism tying the spirits of women to bodies of water, but it is an intriguing pattern. Similarly, in researching this story, I found that a surprisingly large number of female ghosts, whether or not they are associated with water, are said to be clad in white. While it is tempting to make a facile claim that this is tied to notions of feminine purity and more modern symbolism of brides in white, the color of the clothing seems to be independent of purity or morality. Some of these spirits are friendly or helpful, and others are clearly malevolent. Or virginity. Some, such as La Llorona and the Lady of Stowe Lake, are said to be mothers, and it's damn difficult for a virgin to become a mother, despite what some people say. I suspect that there may be some older tradition or story that this particular woman in white motif comes from, but at this time, I don't know that I buy any of the specific explanations that I have heard or read. Still, it is intriguing and interesting to note that many of the better-known Lady in White ghost stories have the woman suffering some tragedy, a betrayal, often by a husband or lover, or a suicide, sometimes, though not always, due to the actions of a husband or lover, an untimely death by accident, such as some versions of the White Rock Lake story, as well as famous stories like Resurrection Mary in Chicago, or the loss of a family member, often children, sometimes a spouse. The Lady in White is sometimes vengeful, sometimes pitiful, and sometimes creepy, and occasionally, such as La Llorona, all three. Age, nature, and the veracity of the ghost story aside, the Lady of White Rock Lake became an element of one of Dallas's odder pop culture moments. In October of 1967, a local radio personality, Chuck Boyles, decided to invite his listeners to join him at White Rock Lake in order to search for the Phantom and try to solve the mystery behind her. Lest you are inclined to think of this as a serious investigation, 
keep in mind that he was a radio DJ given to the self-promotion necessary to that profession, and that this was likely intended as a goofy lark. While he likely expected to see a few dozen people coming out, he set the meeting for the very early hours of the morning, likely to discourage many of them from joining him. Something in the neighborhood of a thousand people, mostly under the age of 25, arrived. This, in turn, resulted in the police coming out, hoping to prevent a riot. While there was a bit of mischief, it was ultimately anticlimactic, and nothing happened. However, the city government was sufficiently displeased to put Boyles in a position where he felt that he needed to make an on-air apology a few days later. And that, my friends, is how you ensure the continuation of a piece of folklore. My gratitude goes to Chuck Boyles, even though those living near the lake were likely less than pleased with him. A wet ghost woman on your porch leaves only puddles of water. Raucous young people on a caffeine-filled quest tromping all over the place looking for signs of the supernatural probably left more of a mess. Thank you for joining me. If you have heard a weird tale, have had a strange experience of your own, or know of a bit of local lore that should get a wider audience, please feel free to contact me at ghostthropology at gmail.com. That's G-H-O-S-T-H-R-O-P-O-L-O-G-Y at gmail.com. Also, please visit the Ghostthropology blog for transcripts, show notes, and more information at kmmamedia.com. That's kmmamedia.com. Until next time, have a wonderfully spooky night. Spooky!